0: My name is Ian Harper, I'm a member of the evening service. I'm here to give you the message this morning. Just to give you a bit of my background, I was converted when I was 16 into a family that uh, weren't Christians. In fact, my father was a, uh, a Mason and we just didn't talk about Christian things at all. And so as a, a young man in my teens, I became a bit timid about talking about Christian things and it's this this issue of being timid that Paul addresses in this letter to Timothy 2 Timothy chapter 1 and so we're going to turn to that passage now and have a look at what Paul says to Timothy about uh, being timid but just to give you a bit of background, Paul uh, met for Timi- uh, Timothy on his uh, second uh, uh, missionary journey, and uh, Timothy joined uh, Paul on that journey. And during the journey, Paul spent three years in Ephesus, which is a uh, large city of uh, 200 to 250,000 people and he spent three years there preaching and teaching and at the end of that time he ordained uh, Timothy to be the elder or as we put it in modern terms the uh, senior pastor of the church in Ephesus and uh, Paul is now writing this letter of to Timothy from jail in Rome. It's towards the end of uh, Paul's life. We read in chapter 4, verse 6, Paul saying, I know that the time for my departure is near. So he's writing to Timothy at this stage of his life and he's raising with Timothy this issue of timidness. So let's have a look at verse uh, five. So he says to Timothy, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you. Timothy has, was grown up in a uh, family where his, uh, both his grandmother and his mother uh, were women of faith. We learn from Acts chapter 16 that uh, his mother was a Jewess who uh, was a woman of faith who adopted the Christian faith. She was a believer and she had taught Timothy the scriptures. We read in verse uh, uh, chapter three uh, that um, three verse 15 that from infancy you have known the holy scriptures Right from his very, very young age, Timothy has been taught the scriptures by his mother. But we also see in Acts, that Acts verse uh, chapter 16, that Timothy's father was a Greek. And it says there, but Timothy's father was a Greek, indicating that he was not a believer. And we see that when Paul met Timothy, Timothy hadn't been circumcised. His father had not permitted circumcision. And so uh, so Paul had to circumcise Timothy because of the Jews. And so we see within the household that Timothy grew up in a hostility towards the Jewish faith, towards the scriptures coming from his father. We don't know whether that was a a verbal hostility or just one of silence. But Timothy had learnt there to be timid about expressing his faith because of that hostility. And this is what Paul is going to address in this chapter 1. He says in verse 6, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. When Paul was in Ephesus, when he ordained Timothy as senior pastor of this church, he laid his hands on on Timothy to ordain him to that that task as elder. And in doing so, God had given Timothy the gift of being a teacher And that gift was a gift which had come from God himself, and Paul had communicated that to Timothy, that this was a gift that God had given him. And as Paul says in in this particular passage, that it's through the laying on of his hands that this gift was given. Now every Christian, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, has been given a gift of God. We read that in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, that every Christian has at least one gift, where it says, now to each one a manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Every one of us has a gift, and we're to use it intentionally. We need to work out what our gift is and be intentional about using it. Put effort into it. Work it out and use it for the common good of our church. Paul tells Timothy to fan into flame this gift of God. To work at it. Put thought into it, effort into it put practice into it for Timothy to be teaching would be to be studying studying the word get to know his congregation so that he can apply that word to the people that he's talking to and to practice teaching these are all things that that a good teacher does and so he's saying to Timothy, fan that flame, blow on it, stir it up, get the flame blowing, get the flame flaring up. Work on your gift, get it going. And so it's something that we should be doing with our gifts, getting our gift going. Work out what your gift that God has given you and, move, and get it going because it's for the common good of the church. And so in verse 7, Paul tells Timothy the spirit of God, the spirit that God gave us, does not make us timid. For with the gift that God gives, he gives it through his Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit is not does not give a gift that makes us timid about the way we use our gift. And it certainly wasn't giving timid. Uh, Timothy a gift for timidness he is to speak out about Christ and about the gospel he says for the spirit of God does not make us timid but gives us power love and self discipline power is a strength of character to speak out love for those who have yet to know Christ those who are dying without Christ and self-discipline to do what we've set our mind to do and so he says do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or me His prisoner see the basis of of timidness is shame if you look up in a dictionary, the word shame, you'll find that it has three bases. You can be, shamed, be ashamed because of either guilt, that is I've done something wrong, I've cheated on my tax return, I've been caught out, taken to court, and I've been shown to have been a liar under oath when I've signed my tax returns, and I've been prosecuted and punished for it. And to all the world now, I've been shown to be a liar. Or it could be a shortcoming. In the Seoul Olympics, there was a, uh, a small country in Africa that had a, a runner who was the fastest man in his country. And he went to the Seoul Olympics. But when he ran up against the big countries, he found that he was lapped as he ran around the circuit. And he was shamed. The world clapped him for it, for his his determination to continue. But he felt shame because of his shortcoming. And the third ground for shame is impropriety. And this could be going to a party, thinking it's a pool party, and turning up all dressed for a pool party and finding out that it's a black tie. They had a pool, but it wasn't a pool party. It was a black tie party, and were inappropriately dressed. So they're the the three grounds for being shamed. Guilt, shortcoming, or impropriety. And Paul is saying, do not be shamed of the testimony about our Lord. Because when we speak out about Christ we're not shamed in God's eyes we're not guilty in God's eyes we're not shortcoming in God's eyes and we're not improper in God's eyes when we speak out about Christ and do not be ashamed of Paul his prisoner because Paul has stood up and given the good testimony about Christ he says rather join me in suffering for the gospel by the power of god it's the holy spirit that gives us the power and the strength to suffer for the gospel's sake and paul goes on to goes on to give us one of the most dramatic descriptions of why we have that power and that strength. Because God has done it all. He goes on in verse 9 and says, He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. God's done it all. Nothing that we've done The grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. What an image. Before time began, before space-time, before the Big Bang, God knew that if he created Adam and Eve, they would fall. And if they fell, Christ was needed to come. That Jesus would have to die on a cross to put things right. And so, before God had even created the first atom, he knew that Jesus would have to come and die on a cross. And yet, he said, it's worth it. And he went ahead with creation, knowing the cost beforehand. And so, God's grace in Christ from before the beginning of time, was there ready for us. That grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But it's in God's own purpose and grace, in his sovereign purpose. We read in in, uh, Romans chapter 8, God's purpose of salvation, where it says, God has called into, his, into that relationship with him God has done it all He has called us, each and every one into that relationship with him We have not chosen him, he chose us He chose us to be his children God has done it all And Paul says, this great gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ coming has now been revealed through the appearing of their savior of Jesus, who has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. In the Old Testament, we only see that in three places is immortality referred to once in the book of Job once in Isaiah and once in Daniel three verses in the whole of the Old Testament there are references in, in the Psalms about living with God forever but nothing specific only three promises in, in the whole of the Old Testament that speak of an immortality with God but now it's been brought to light through, through the gospel with Jesus dying and being raised again from the dead and speaking with the disciples after he's been raised and giving us the promise that we too will be raised from the dead. That we too will know resurrection life. And Paul says of this gospel I was appointed a herald, an apostle and a teacher and that's why I'm suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame. This great gospel of what Christ has done is no shame because, Paul says, I know whom I have believed. He knows he's God. He knows that God is faithful. He knows that God is able to guard what he has trusted to him. And so we don't have to be timid because we know the truth. We know what God has done. God has done it all. It's not a matter of our guilt or our shortcoming or our impropriety because God has done it. It's not us. God has done it all. And if we know our God, we can speak We can speak of the god we know and of the gospel that we know and so we have no need to be timid because we have a great gospel gospel of life that people need to know and so we've got no reason to be timid so let's speak up and speak loud and long of the god we know Amen.